0: We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk.
1: Hello. Well now, imagine that we are a nation and a serious threat is coming our way. It's You've got to imagine that it's going to be something that's going to come, it's going to Possibly overwhelm us. We know it's on its way. How are we going to prepare for it? And I'm not talking about the UK or the coronavirus. I'm actually talking about the nation that was God's people in 715 BC. Now, at that time, the nation was not as strong and mighty as it had once been. It was fracturing apart. In fact, it was losing its significant regional influence. A new empire had steadily been exerting its authority. It was, this new empire was now dominating the region. Our nation is getting overtaken in the north. Some of our towns and cities are being conquered. And there's a kind of protection racket going on. One of our cities, all our people have been carted off, exiled and taken elsewhere. This external threat upon us is very real and it's coming our way. We've already been asked for money from this empire that's heading our way and threatening us. So who are we? We are the nation of Judah. We are in Jerusalem, the capital. And we've got a new king. Who here is 25 years old? <laughs> I, sh- I should have seen that coming. Come on, no, I want to, I want, come on, let me see again who's 25. Come on, I want someone who is actually 25. Come on, who's actually 25? I'm going to pick on someone. Uh, Zilani, come this way. (laughs) All right. So, take a seat. So, Zilani, your time has come. You are now the new king. All right, queen. Yeah. Um, Your time has come. And you've got to decide what to do. You see... This threat from this empire is very real. Very real. And your people are not in a good way. And you've got to decide, as new queen, what are you going to do? What are the priorities for you and for our city and for our nation? All right? You get four choices. All right? Here are the four choices there. Now, I'm going to put them on the screen as well. Okay. There are the four choices. Okay, point to one. Which one would you do? Do you think? Okay, you're gonna go for that one. Okay, let's have. uh, All right. If you want to go for A, and you want to battle harden your arm is that's your priority. Let's see your hand. Come on, don't be shy. Okay, three of you are going to, four, maybe four or five of you are going to battle hard in your army. Okay, who wants to restore worship to the Lord as the priority? Okay, quite a few more, quite a few more. Which of you are actually saying, no, we need to strengthen the fortifications of our city? Oh, similar number. And who says, actually, the smart thing to do is to buy ourselves a bit more time, let's pay another bribe. Huh? Oh, yeah, no, 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 no judgments. Huh? We're not judging here. Okay. Queen Zelani, she chose A. You're going to battle harder than the army. That's fine. Okay. Um, you can sit back down again. Thank you. Um, well, by the way, do you know which king we're talking about? If Let's see a hand. Who, who knows which king we might be talking about? John know Somebody else? Josiah, Hezekiah, good one, excellent, yes, this is King Hezekiah, okay? And the answer, because you want to know what he did do, actually, the answer is, he did all of them, he actually did all of them, we just don't know which order he did them in, to be fair, okay, but he most definitely did all of them. But today, I don't have a title for this talk yet. Um, like um, perhaps like a good author, you, you, you write your stuff and then the title comes at the end. Is that is that right? Who's our author? Who's our published author? Beck's he's Beck. Was Beck? Is that is that right? You write the stuff first and then it depends. Uh, well, today we're gonna we have no title yet. Yeah, yeah, Beck, come up. Beck, come up with a great title at the end of this. All right, thanks, Forrest. <laughs> That'd be great. <clears throat> But we do have, what I do have for you is a story of what King Hezekiah was doing during the first part of his reign, and I believe it, that God would speak to us through it. You see, he did do all these four things, but we're going to concentrate first on B, what he did uh, when he wanted to restore worship to the Lord. Now, uh, Anne, would you come forward for me, please? Um, what we'll do is, on occasions, uh, through the next little while, we'll ask Anne to read out the relevant scriptures, so you can hear what the Bible said about these things. So, um, restoring worship to the Lord. And this is all recorded in 2 Chronicles 29 through to 32. um, And you get a slightly different perspective in the book of Kings as well. But we're sticking with Chronicles for today. Um, And tell us how restoring worship to the Lord...
0: Happened. Hezekiah opened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them in the first month of the first year that he was king. Hezekiah brought in the priests and Levites and gathered them in the courtyard on the east side of the temple. Hezekiah said, Listen to me, Levites. Make yourselves ready for the Lord's service and make holy the temple of the Lord the God your ancestors. Remove from the temple everything that makes it impure. Our ancestors were unfaithful to God and did what God said was wrong. They left the Lord and stopped worshipping at the temple where he lives. They rejected him. They shut the doors of the porch of the temple. They let the fires go out and the lamps. They stopped burning incense and offering burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. So the Lord became very angry with the people of Judea and Jerusalem, and he punished them. Other people are frightened and shocked by what he did to them, so they insult the people of Judea. You know these things are true. That is why our ancestors were killed in battle and our sons and daughters and wives were taken captive. Now I, Hezekiah, have decided to make an agreement with the Lord, the God of Israel, so he will not be angry with us anymore. My sons, don't waste any more time. The Lord chose you to stand before him and serve him, to be his servants, to burn incense to him. Thank you.
1: So faced with a serious external threat, Hezekiah decides the priority is to re-establish worship of the Lord. And he does that by calling in uh, the Levites, the tribe who were supposed to be leading in spiritual things. And you can see from what Anne just read that things were in a pretty bad state. There'd been a lot of neglect, a lot of forgetting, not doing what God had asked them to do. And even the temple, this wonderful thing, this is just an artist's impression here, but a remarkable building uh, that Solomon built uh, precisely with God's instructions. You know, even the doors needed repairing. So it was clearly in some state. And he decides we're going to restore worship to the Lord. And so they do. Uh, And give us uh, 27 to 31.
0: Then Hezekiah gave the order to sacrifice the burnt offering on the altar. When the burnt offering began, the singing to the Lord also began. The trumpets were blown and the musical instruments of David, king of Israel, were played. All the people worshipped. The singers sang and the trumpeters blew their trumpets until the burnt offering was finished. When the sacrifices were completed, King Hezekiah and everyone with him bowed down and worshipped. King Hezekiah and his officers ordered the Levites to praise the Lord, using the words David and Aspher the seer had used. So they praised God with joy and bowed down and worshipped. Then Hezekiah said, now that you, people of Judah, have given yourselves to the Lord, come near to the temple of the Lord. Bring sacrifices and offerings to show thanks to him. So the people bought sacrifices and thank offerings, and anyone who was willing also bought, brought burnt offerings.
1: Thank you. Great music, great worship a real sense of coming together. Um, Now, what was a significant celebration that God's people should have been doing and perhaps had stopped doing? Somebody? A significant celebration? Passover, right, okay. So the Passover was a significant celebration and so King Hezekiah decides we're going to, reinstate this because passover was about a number of things but remembering what God had done for them was crucial so he reinstates the passover and he sends a message throughout the kingdom okay and he comes up with this fabulous message which you can read in the bible where he's calling people to come together for the passover um Can you go to uh, slide? Yeah, yeah, yes, that's right. Okay. So he calls the people together. He sends this message throughout his kingdom. How was his message received? A was his message rejected? People laughed at and poked fun at him. Or B was his message um, received and people turned to God? If you think it's A, can I have a big shout? Eyes. All those in favour of A, say aye. Rubbish. I need a bit more than that. All those in favour of A, say aye. aye. Thank you. All those in favour of B, say no. no. The no's have it. The no's have it. Okay. That's, that's it, Rob. That's good. The answer... Both. Both, the Bible tells us that some sometimes people laughed and scoffed at him and ignored him, his request. But some did come together. And so there was a great coming together for the Passover again. There was a great celebration. Uh, Anne, can you give us a little bit of that for us?
0: The Lord your God is kind and merciful. He will not turn away from you if you return to him.
1: Yeah, thanks. So, actually, there's a clear call from Hezekiah to his people to repent and turn back to him. Okay? You see, part of this restoring worship to the Lord required a destruction of the idols and the places and the stuff that people were worshipping. So, a return... To the Lord meant a destroying of false and foreign gods. And he was very clear, as Anne just read out, turn back to God. Have you ever had the situation where perhaps you've invited someone to turn back to God and maybe they just laughed and rejected you? But not always. Because the call of God is real and people can hear the call of God for themselves, and sometimes people do turn back to Him. So, people did come back to God. So, when they came together, they'd got rid of the foreign gods, they'd repaired the temple, they'd arrived in Jerusalem, they were celebrating the Passover, how long did the Passover normally last? Someone? Seven days? Okay. So, uh, oh. I've given the answer away. Click too Click too hard. Ah, click too, I know, sorry. All right, let's. let's, let's. Okay. All right, right, sorry. The answer is both. <laughs> They went for a whole week, but such was the presence of God, such was the the turnaround in the people that they went on for another week. Okay? So, this is really significant. The people of God are rediscovering who they are. They're rediscovering their purpose. They're remembering where they've come from and what God has done for them. They're celebrating with... Uh, great songs and worship with their meals. And then they also, it was a special time. How do we know it was a special time? How do we know it was a special time? Okay. It's not all of them, although it is... No, no, it's not. Don't say as though I'm wrong. It it wasn't wasn't all of them. Um, By the way, Prophet Isaiah was kind of Hezekiah's counsel. Uh, He'd already been ministering for about 40-odd years when Hezekiah became king, and so much of the prophecies you read in, in Isaiah are prophecies about what was happening to God's people at that time. But the answer is... B, B, we hear of great generosity. And uh, this is how we know that the people's hearts were really changed by the presence of God. Um, because he, he didn't insist on this. And actually, what happened was a real overflow. Uh, and have we got two Chronicles 31,
0: 5 to 10 there? Have I got you? As soon as the king's command went out to the Israelites, they gave freely of the first portion of their grain, new wine, oil, honey, and everything that grew in their fields. They brought a large amount, one-tenth of everything. The people of Israel and Judea who lived in Judea also brought one-tenth of the cattle and the sheep, and one-tenth of the holy things that were given to the Lord their God, and they put them all in piles. The people began the piles in the third month and finished in the seventh month. When Hezekiah and his officers came and saw the piles, they praised the Lord and his people, the people of Israel. Hezekiah asked the priests and the Levites about the piles. Azariah, the leading priest from Zadok's family, answered Hezekiah, "'Since the people began to bring their offerings to the temple of the Lord,' We have had plenty to eat and plenty left over because the Lord has blessed his people. So we have all this left over.
1: Wow. So, um, yeah, they gave their offerings and they kept on coming. How many months? It was five months. It was five months, wasn't it? Because, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, a number of months, the people just kept coming with their gifts and offerings. They then had to start building extra storehouses for it. And they said, hey, but we're enjoying this because God's still providing for us. Even as we give, God is providing for us. Hands up if you've ever experienced that then. Hands up if you've experienced a sense of giving sacrificially and yet God still provides. Right. 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 So this was uh, a special time. And 25 and 26 in chapter 30.
0: All the people of Judea, the priests, the Levites, those who came from Israel, The foreigners from Israel and the foreigners living in Judea were very happy. There was much joy in Jerusalem because there had not been a celebration like this since the time of Solomon, son of David and king of Israel. Thank you.
1: Generations and generations had gone by, but something so special happened that the writer says, not since Solomon did we see such fantastic turnaround in the people? Such amazing worship, giving, practicing the Passover, doing the things that God had given them to do. What a transformation. Because the king established right leadership and, uh, and encouraged his people to turn back to God. Very special. Did you pick up on an interesting uh, point uh, in there? i tell you what. Read, um, read that first bit again, 25, and let's just see if you hear what I hear. Go on.
0: All the people of Judea, the priests, the Levites, those who came from Israel, the foreigners from Israel, and the foreigners living in Judea were very happy. Thank you.
1: There we go. Did you hear, did you hear something interesting in that? The foreigners. The foreigners. I just thought that was quite interesting. Here we've got God's people living as God has called them to do and the foreigners get caught up in it and they are pleased. And I thought, that's, that's, that's special. That, 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 that rings true with the heart of God for us, doesn't it? Could it be that as we enjoy the presence of God, as we do the things that God's given us to do, but people on the outside looking in find joy. Say, I'm glad I'm with these people. That's great, isn't it? So, so here then we've got um, something really significant going on. In the face of considerable threats and overwhelm in the north of the nation, Hezekiah says, right, we're going to turn back to God. destroy the idols, restore worship, restore the Passover, giving is abundant and there's much joy for God's people and the foreigners. Excellent. But I was imagining there must have been a price to pay because you can't, you know, there was a smashing of the Asherah poles and a destroying of these places, the, the gods of the time. So let's let's hear some suggestions. What kind of idols and gods do, are there in place today that, in, that really need removing if we're to turn back to God? Let's have some examples. Shout it, uh, show me your hand and then uh, I can see you. Yes. Your phone... Yeah? Give us a little bit more on that. Okay. 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 Yeah. All right. So she's saying, you know, a phone can become an idol. Well, it's true that anything can become an idol, can't it, if it replaces the place that God should have? Yeah? Thank you. Someone else? Yes. The internet. Okay. You know, the internet's just a tool. It can be used for good or bad. But again, the internet can become an idol, a god. Things on the internet anyway. Yes. Oh, that's good. Excellent. Angela's saying, worship of myself. The god of self-worship. Do you recognize that at all? Do you see that as a, a thing around us? Do you, think it, do you see that as a thing close to us? Right the worship of self, everyone does that which is right in their own eyes, oh. right, good, something else, yeah, penny um, wealth and, stability and, stability. Yeah. Wealth and, wealth and yeah security, yeah, 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 <laughs> building for building for yourself, wealth and security that's my idol, yeah, I'm sure we see that around. Let's have uh, Elise. Football. Okay. <laughs> wow. Hey. You know. I I Clearly, some people do sell their souls to, <laughs> to certain football clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simon? Celebrity worship, you mean? Yeah, celebrity worship. Um, yeah. Lisa paracards, and horoscopes. Yeah, see some nods there as well. One more. Drinking culture. Drinking culture. In fact, many behaviours that are addictive. Addictive behaviours, by their definition, means you've not actually got control over, over the, that thing, whether it's alcohol or drugs or anything else. Hard to make the Lord, Lord of your life, if something else is Lord of your life, right? Whatever it might be. So, there is also, so those are, those are some of our gods and idols that are before us. And then we've got this empire, which is coming towards us, going to attack us. Now, these days, Okay, we've got the virus, which is an interesting uh, parallel, but we might call it the spirit of the age, a very forceful enemy that can seek to attack and overwhelm us. But what is the spirit of the age? I wrote down, it's the prevailing attitudes and behaviours in our society which which seek to restrict us and keep us from becoming effective as God's people. These attitudes and behaviors have gained a lot of ground in recent years. The spirit of the age can be subtle, and it can infect us and result in compromising thinking and behaviors amongst us. But to get a better handle on this, I've asked uh, three people if they would uh, just share um, their perspective, really, on that. So, um, Sam, if you could come forward, and uh, if the others could be ready as well. So, um, What's that introduction? Have you got the introduction All right, come back. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's what right. i Okay. Yeah, go back to your thing. So, attitudes and behaviours which can attack us and we need to be alert to. Sam, tell us your perspective then. I think an attack, on, uh, attack by the spirit of the age is the notion that being in a relationship is the ultimate antidote to our problems. Uh, this comes from the destructive attitude that one must be desperately lonely just because they are single. We see this a lot in TV shows very commonly with characters often describing themselves as lonely. And we see the sentiment often shared by people my age on social media. And this feeling is also worsened when people that aren't part of a community that actually cares for them. This means that the role of the church in being a compassionate, inclusive, and supportive community is absolutely vital. People need to recognize this by seeing how a community centered around God cares for each other, being a hub where broken people support and lift each other up in fellowship. Wow! Uh, uh, In truth, in truth, I didn't actually know what he was going to say. That was really good, wasn't it? Uh, Well, I just, you know, we want we want to hear an honest, you know, opinion of what the pressures. I mean, that was a really honest reflection on how young people are made to feel stupid and somehow wrong if they are single and so on. And um, uh, Sam, let's make sure we'll include that in the nutshell with the others as well. Uh, who's next? We had Jamie and who was the other one? Who was the other one? Ram, yeah, Ram, where are you? Why didn't you? Ram, come on, come, up, come come, come, come. quick. Uh, I asked Rian and Ram also. So here's uh, their reflection.
2: So um, one thing I think the spirit of the ages, at least in the student university sphere of things, is not a restriction on the carriers of the gospel message, but a restriction on the gospel message itself. And so the culture of universities is you're really encouraged to speak what's on your heart and what's in your mind. But then the issue that comes with that is everything's just an idea. But the truth of Christ is that anything in comparison to Christ is complete folly and a lie. If the gospel message is really what it is, it is not just an idea, it is the truth. And that's an issue with this culture that says all ideas are equal and valid because it belittles Christ. It puts him on the same category and contrast as other ideas. That's an insult to Jesus and, and the gospel message in itself. And Romans 1.25 came to mind where it says they exchanged the truth for a lie. They took the message of Christ and they put him into a label. They put him into another idea box. And I think that leads to this. Um, one thing I think ref- how it shows itself is what I call mark scheming. Let's say I bring the gospel message to Anthony who's struggling with something. And I say, Jesus is the truth. This is the only solution. This is your redemption. And he says, in Anthony's mind, in this culture of ideas and stuff, um, if he was brought up in this culture, it would be, okay, I'll consider what you've said, Ram. And I'll give that probably like five marks in my head. But this other thing that this other person said about relationships being the antidote, I'm going to give that ten marks. I'm going to give that a lot more weight. And so it's this thing of Christ becomes just another idea, and, and it's, mm-hmm. he's not just a belief, he is the truth, he is redemption, and it belittles salvation.
1: Great. Again, thank you. Great. Um, we'll get that transcribed as well, because you articulated that really well. So you see the attack on truth yeah. in our universities. Great, and now Jamie.
3: In the pursuit of tolerance, As the ultimate goal, our age has forsaken many other values. The common mantra of do whatever you want as long as it doesn't hurt someone else is often a disguise for selfishness. I don't care if you believe a lie or make a bad choice as long as it doesn't hinder my pursuit of happiness. The early church and the early Christians were a threat to the Greco-Roman culture. Though these cultures were very accepting of many other gods, their issue with the Christians was that the Christians weren't accepting of all the, uh, everyone else's gods. And so the Greco-Roman belief in local gods that they needed to be appeased with sacrifices by refusing to play along, the Christians were regarded as a threat to the well-being of the whole local community. In the same way today, Christians are seen as a threat to society because we aren't tolerant enough. Our society prides itself on progressive tolerant values. But our society is not very tolerant of anything it perceives to be intolerant. At one time, tolerance meant respect in each other's views no matter how much you disagreed with them. Now, all ideas are equal. But this can't be true because God, the designer, has created some things and he called them good. There is a saying, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for everything. We now live in a society where anything and everything is accepted Not because people agree with the idea, but they have lost any basis to disagree with it. Without a belief in a loving creator, everyone does what is right in their own eyes.
1: So, we will be attacked for not being tolerant enough. We will be attacked for not going along with the prevailing ideas and attitudes around us. This is some of the threats that's coming to us. Uh, On another occasion, possibly, uh, we'll be able to look at, uh, if you remember at the start, some of the other things that Hezekiah did was he strengthened his walls. And he also did a couple of other things which are really interesting. And if we get time on another occasion, we can explore that. But suffice to say, the attacks that we are facing are very real. You've just heard some examples now. And you've also heard how Hezekiah decided the priority was to return to worship the Lord. And what is it we've been uh, looking at over these last few months? The importance of seeking the presence of God. Because in his presence, there is transformation on the inside. And that's what we want, isn't it? We want to be transformed first on the inside. That God would hear our prayer, as he did for Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem at that time so I hope that's been an encouragement to us um, and that God's spoken to you through something in there Um, just the significance of the, the, the great platform and basis that we have in an uncertain world because first we've cleared out the idols smashed the gods resisted the enemy and first turned to him and pursuit him and him for who he is. And he meets us in that, yeah? Great. Okay.
4: Our confidence is not in our ability to say or the skill of our positioning or argument, but that God confirms his word with signs following we're looking at God the Holy Spirit actually taking his word and using it for declaring of truth and for the convicting of things which are contrary as anthony was saying that actually brings us in direct conflict with the current ideas of this world he mentioned about tolerance well such a if if you Look at what's being said and if you don't agree with the current thing, the current phase, it's like there's an onslaught that comes upon you, no matter who you are, whether you're somebody well-known or not. If you say something which is out of the current trend or fashion, and uh, we have reason, I think, to recognise two things. Great concern because of the infiltration of uh, liberal elite and ideas and the rejection of debate and ability to, to work through things, the squashing. I mean, it's frightening now how many, even in the uh, centres of learning, in the universities, they will not allow somebody who doesn't agree with their current ideas, themes or preferences. Uh, it becomes quite vicious. But of course the truth of the matter is God will confirm his word with signs following. So following is not just uh, wonderful healings like we've been hearing about today. It covers a whole realm of things. Uh, God is not limited to one area. And so it, it behoves us to be a people of understanding, a people of awareness, a people... Like the men of Issachar, who understood the seasons and the times and knew what to do, and we constantly position to be that and do that. And um, Alan, I want you to come and read that, that psalm in a second. And Andy, you come and share what you've got, and uh, then we'll have time. Yeah, you need you need your reading glasses on, Alan. This is Alan. Hi. (laughs) I've only known him for about
5: 48 years.
4: 48 years.
5: (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. This is from Psalm 91. It really spoke to me. It's from the New Living Translation. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare of the Lord He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I am trusting him. How we will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every fatal plague. He will shield you with his wings. He will shelter you with his feathers. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor fear the dangers of the day, nor dread the plague that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Thou- a thousand may fall at your side. Excuse me. <clears throat> a thousand may fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you. These evils will not touch you, but you will see it with your eyes, and you will see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer conquer you. No plague will come near your dwelling. For for he orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you with their hands to keep you from striking your feet on a stone. You will trample down lions and poisonous snakes. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honour them. I will satisfy them with with a long life and give them my salvation.
4: I thought that was important and significant, and not least because I can't remember in the last forty-eight years. Alan never feeling so strongly about something that he wanted to come and share it with us like that. I may be wrong because the memory doesn't always serve me right, but it's very interesting because we're not just looking at preservation. We're looking at victory. We're looking at coming from a place of victory, actually demonstrating and shining what God is like. And therefore, uh, we take the accusations of the enemy and if... Anthony had, had a chance to go on further. Uh, there were all sorts of uh, accusations apart from what we already heard. Well, we can choose. We can listen to the accusations of the enemy or we can hear the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord is still sharper than a two-edged sword. Yeah? And I was just reminded for myself this morning how much I owe him because he has forgiven me. I was fully aware again of his total forgiveness of me. And I felt very strongly that that wonderful feeling that I have is for other people as well. It's not just for me. It's a reality that totally will shape and transform your Christian walk to know that you are forgiven. I know it's not kind of plainly said so in the Bible, but for me, the most powerful force in the universe is the love of God, and the second most powerful force is the power of forgiveness. And forgiving is so releasing uh, we get released as God forgives us. We get released as we forgive others. And we get released as we forgive ourselves. And that's the one that sometimes gets missed. You know, it's, it's everyone. We're forgiving uh, one another. We forgive. We get God's forgiveness and we, f- we forgive ourselves. Very important thing. Well, how do I know about that? How do I know? Ooh, I best spend the rest of the day trying to go through everybody that I've ever met and uh, every, every kind of discussion I've ever had or anything that. I yeah, you can do it, but it's a dead loss. You see, because it's the work of the Holy Spirit to convict of sin and judgment and righteousness. So the sensible thing to do, the only worthwhile thing to do, is say, Lord, search me. Is there anything? Is there anything I've not forgiven myself? Is there anything I've not forgiven? And Lord, I would like to know what Andy was talking about. The power and the cleansing, the release of your forgiveness. We can't be carrying those things around because we've got a job to do. We've got something important to do. And I want to be uh, with King Hezekiah And the children of Israel. I want to join in those times of great rejoicing about this deliverance and salvation and actually be part of the people of God who shine and demonstrate what He's really like in this world. Amen. Amen. So, Father, help us, please. Lord, help us this day as we contemplate how we can best welcome and receive people that you are causing to be joined to us. Lord, we don't want to rest in what we are and what we've done, because you have not left us in that place. You've set before us to move on. Blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. And Lord, as we come together in this task group to see and hear what you're saying and doing and how we are to respond and serve amongst ourselves and in the community and in the days that lie ahead, in the wider areas that you give us opportunities. We ask, Lord, that you grant us your mind and your wisdom. For your name's sake, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at Lifeline UK.